We travel on roads all the time. And when you came to Grace Community today, you traveled on a road trying to get from point A to point B. Maybe there was some congestion on 21 and 36 today. But generally we drive, we try to find the road that gets us quickest to our destination. And so we want to travel on a road that works best for us. And all of us spend time on roads. Each day we drive, some of us run on roads, and some of us run on paths. And, and so they're marked out clearly. They let you know. And, and so often we look for the road that is the best path for us. And so we want that so that we can get from point A to point B quickly. Some of us spend times on other roads, on paths. Some of us like to run on trail roads. I love running trail runs. And so I spend the majority of my time when I run on trails. I like that kind of running. But what happens sometimes when we spend so much time on roads, we become oblivious to the things that we pass. Like today, you probably went on a path that you've been on many times. And, and because you've traveled on that path, you didn't notice along the way a change or something that took place because you're so focused on point A and then trying to get point B that you travel on this road. We like roads that don't have detour signs. We like roads that don't have potholes. And sometimes these wide roads that we travel on, they have to be repaved. And we like when they're repaved because the sailing is smooth, the driving is smooth. Sometimes we get on interstates that have multi-lanes, and they have, we love the HOV lanes, high-occupancy vehicles, and we love traveling on those because if there's two or more people, we can go around everyone else. And some will even go so far as to put dummies in passenger seats to appear that they have two people in the vehicles. So we're constantly looking for a way to get from point A to point B. The Bible gives reference to two kinds of roads. One road is wide, and there's a wide gate. And the Bible says that this road, many travel on this road. And then the Bible says there's this other road, this path that's narrow, that, that most don't travel on. In fact, the Bible says that few travel on. Many years ago, when we were traveling to North Carolina, back before GPS on your smartphones we were making a trip to a conference as a family. And so we pulled out that thing called a map. You remember those? You pull them out and they would fold up nicely. Remember how nicely they would fold up? They would start out about this big. And, and have you ever tried to fold those things up when you're moving? It's kind of like this, just you can't get it. And so you would open up a map and you would actually read a map and you knew where you were going. Yet today when we travel, what do most of us do? We ask Siri, Siri, map out this route. And so we listen to her, and some of us make it a hymn, and some of us make it European, and some of us make it Italian, and we have this voice that speaks to us, turn 4.3 miles up the road, or we hear this, recalculating, recalculating, <laughs> and we don't like our Siri recalculating. But many of us, how many have you ever driven from point A to point B? You, you said, Siri, map out this. And so we just throw her out there, and we follow her and listen. How many of you have ever gotten on a path listening to Siri and you came to this detour and you realized she didn't know where she was going and you had no idea where you were at. How many of you have been there? It's like, we just listen to this voice. We just travel. And, and when a detour comes, we don't know what to do with it. We do that all the time. I mean, we have children and obviously we've been to many events, sporting events and school events. And even just recently, 
Isaiah had a basketball game, and we traveled to this new venue we had never been to. It was at nighttime, and we're driving there, and Siri's on, and she's telling us which way to go, and we get to the road, and it says, road closed ahead. Siri didn't tell me that. She didn't tell me that. And I didn't know what to do. Like, what do you do? I, don't, I didn't even know where I was at. Like, I didn't have a map. Like, where am I at? I'd just been aimlessly driving along. And what did I do? I do what everyone else does. Like, all the cars are going that way. So you just kind of follow the mass. You're just driving along. I bet they know where they're going. They got a basketball in the back of their window. I bet they're going to the game. We just kind of drive, like, hoping that they get us there. But that night, they didn't. It's kind of like us. We just travel this road because everyone else is traveling it. It's wide, it's quick, it's fast, and yet the Bible has a lot to say about this wide road. The Bible says there's another path called a narrow path that few find. I mean, we asked Siri all kinds of questions, and I thought, you know, I'm going to ask her a few questions about what she knows about traveling. So let's ask her a few questions today, see if she can give us some input on how to find our way to this narrow path called heaven. Siri, I'll ask her. Can you map the road to heaven? I found a few places matching heaven pretty far from you. Okay, thank you, Siri. (laughs) Siri, can you tell me how to get to hell? Which hell? Tap the one you want. (laughs) She's helpful, isn't she? Siri, are you going to heaven? I'm sorry, Fight Club man Jim Brown. I'm afraid I can't answer that. (laughs) Jesus has a lot to say for us today. Jesus tells us that there's a narrow path that leads to eternal life called heaven. Jesus tells us that there's this wide road that leads to destruction called hell. And many, many in this room are traveling on it. Many in the link are traveling on it. Many that are watching by the internet travel on this wide road, thinking that this is the path to eternal life. Yet the Bible has something different to say. Grab your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And if you need a Bible, hold your hand up. And we're going to read verses 13 to 23. Let's see what Jesus had to say about traveling on these roads. Matthew chapter 7. When you find that, stand with me. We'll read it out loud. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to read verses 13 through 23. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 to 23. Let's see what Jesus had to say about these two paths, one narrow, one wide. Matthew chapter 7, let's read verses 13 to 23. Ready? Read. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, 
but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. You may have a seat. Jesus gives the analogy of two paths. There's this wide path and there's this narrow path that few find. And he tells us that only a few find the right path. Jesus brings to our attention right away that a wide path leads to destruction called hell and a narrow path leads to eternal life with God in heaven. The wide path is generally well-traveled. And it's tempting to go this way. Why? Because if you were to come to a gate and you were to come to a crossroad, and why wouldn't you? If you came to this spot and you saw this road and you saw a narrow road and you noticed that everyone else was going this way and you noticed that, that few were going the other way, wouldn't you think when you saw this road, it must be the right way. Everyone else is going that way. That's got to be the right way. I mean, look at it. The traffic is flying. It's bumper to bumper. No one's going that way. That's got to be the incorrect way. And so we make decisions based on what everyone else is doing. And Jesus said, as we walk to this life, we come to a crossroad. Will you go wide road or will you go narrow road? And because many are already going there, like there must be something wrong with that other road. It probably sends us off to oblivion and we'll be lost forever. Jesus said, no, the opposite is true. That narrow path, that leads to life. This wide path leads to destruction and hell. The narrow path gives us a picture that only one can go at a time. It gives us a picture that it's difficult that it's dangerous, and that few even find it. And there's some uncertainty because you can't see the step in front of you, that somehow you need to trust something to get you through that. It's not familiar to you. You, you, you can't just get on it and hit 55 in cruise control and follow the crowd. You, you can't find, follow the taillights in front of you. It's not filled with many people. In fact, it's one at a time. Yet, this wide path that looks so good, it's clean, it's just been repaved, and the majority of Goshen travels on it, and Jesus said the majority of the world travels on it, leads to destruction. Why would we travel on a road that the end of this road called our life leads us to hell? Because somewhere along the road, we bought a lie that this is better than the narrow. Yet Jesus said at the end of this road is destruction, is hell. And because we haven't seen that or witnessed that, and we can't talk to the dead, we somehow believe it'll be different for us. 
No, 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 Jesus. I, no, it's going to be different for me because I'm different. And yet Jesus said this about hell in the Bible. This is what he said. Jesus said this in Matthew 25, 41. At the end of this wide road is a place called hell. It's a place of everlasting fire. Like, I don't see fire. Jesus can't be right about that because everyone's traveling here. Jesus said this in Mark 9, 43. It's a place of unquenchable fire. The word of God says this in Revelation 19, 20. It's a lake of fire. Hebrews 10, 27 said it's raging fire at the end of this wide road. Matthew 8, 12 says it's a place of utter darkness, loneliness, that you can't see another person there. Yeah, but I'll go to hell and we'll have a party with my friends. Isn't that what we've heard? Matthew 8, 12 says it's a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Revelation 9, 2 says it's a bottomless pit. Mark 9, 48 says it's filled with worms. Revelation 14, 10 sound says there's no rest day and night. Revelation 14 says that there'll be continual torment with burning sulfur. The Bible tells us it's a place where no communication. It says that the man will cry out, please just give me a drip of water on my tongue and no one will hear him. Then why does everyone travel here? Like if that's what the destination ends at, Jesus is saying, why travel there? Because it looks good, it's comfortable, and everyone else is doing it. And so Jesus said, take a look at the world, take a look at Grace Community Church. Many, 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 many travel there. But only a few travel the narrow path. Look at it again. Look at, look at Matthew chapter 7. This is what Jesus said. Verse 13, look what he says. He said, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many, are, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. The idea they find it. I get this picture. Like they're searching. Like it, it's not easy to be found. It's like there's no traffic there. It's not bumper to bumper gridlock. Like, it's hard to find a way. There's not a GPS. We can't ask Siri. It's like we wake up each day and say, Lord, where do you want me to go today? And and we find it. We're looking for it. We're on this hunt for this narrow gate. It's not like it's got flashing lights. It's difficult to find. And only a few find the gate. It's this picture that every day we wake up, we're looking, we're looking. This way, Jesus? No, go this way. It might be different than yesterday. It might be different than the next day. It's like this picture of this man, he's searching every day. Lord, where do you want me to go? Lord, what do you want me to do? And it says only a few find it. So how do you walk that narrow path? What's it look like? Well, Jesus had a lot to say about that. Look at Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. Look what he said about walking on this narrow path. Boy, it sounds hard. It sounds difficult. Like, if you are on it, why wouldn't you be on it? It must, must be really something challenging about it. Look at Luke chapter 9. Jesus said this. If you want to walk on this path, 
then you got to do this. Look at Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. It says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their what daily? And what me? For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life, look what it says. For me, he will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self or soul? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. It's just daily carrying a cross. Like, how do you carry a cross? What does that look like? What does that mean? Well, Jesus gave us some flesh to that. Look what he said in Luke chapter 14. Here's how you carry the cross. This is what it looks like. This is the cost of being a disciple. Look what he said in Luke chapter 14. Look at verse 25 and 26. Jesus said this. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children... Brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my what? Come on, help me out. Cannot be my what? Disciple. And whoever does not carry their what? And what me? Cannot be my what? So it means every day we carry this cross. It means that we might have to say goodbye to our family. It might mean that we leave those that are closest to us and go on this narrow path because God is calling us to it. It might mean that we end up in a place far from home to follow Christ. It might mean that we run from comfort instead of running to comfort to follow Jesus. So why the narrow gate? What's significant about that? Because Jesus said this in John chapter 10 and verse 9. He said, I am the door, and if any of you enters through it, you will be saved. So we must carry the cross. If we want to follow Jesus, we got we to walk like he walked. Somehow, we have to walk this narrow path. Jesus was often often alone by himself. Jesus was often misunderstood. Jesus was often criticized. Jesus was often far from his own family. Jesus walked a path that few would walk. And if we want to be a Christ follower and get on this narrow path, then we must be willing to walk the path too. So it's this picture. Jesus showed us the way. He carried the cross. And there's this picture in scripture that says daily, you and I, we must take up the cross. We must be willing to carry the cross on the narrow path. We must walk where Jesus walked. And if we aren't willing to walk where Jesus walked, then we aren't followers of Jesus. It's this picture that it's hard, it's painful, and it's uncertain. And it's dangerous. And it involves risk and faith. And it's a path that most aren't willing to travel on. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, then you got to take up the cross every single day. 
It's this picture of, of, of daily surrendering. It's walking on this path that few walk on. It's recognizing that, that this could be dangerous, that this could be hard. Yet, who wants to walk that path when you can have this? Those who call themselves disciples do that. It means that when, when you're daily walking with Christ, you wake up every day and say, Lord, how can I live for you? I surrender my rights. I surrender my will. I surrender my plans. I surrender my retirement. I surrender my goods. I surrender everything. Lord, I want what you want, not what I think's best for me. That's surrender. There should be a sense of urgency to this too. Then Jesus said this regarding this door. Look at Luke chapter 13. Look what he said in this narrow gate, this narrow path. Look at Luke chapter 13. Jesus had a lot to say about narrow paths and narrow doors. Look what he said in Luke chapter 13. Look at verse 22. Luke 13 and verse 22. It says, then Jesus went through the towns and villages and teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem, someone asked him, Lord, are only a what amount of people going to be saved? See, I didn't say this. Jesus, he says, listen, someone asked. We, we've heard on the streets, like someone told us that you said that there's this narrow road and that there's this narrow path and there's this narrow gate and, and that, that many will think that they're going to heaven, but only a few, Lord, tell us that's not true. It can't be, can it? Come on, I like the wide road. So Jesus, you're saying that in this crowd today at Grace Community Church, you're saying in this crowd that comes here every week and worships and wears blue crew through the week, that the possibility exists that only a few will enter heaven? Yeah, that's what he's saying. In fact, look what he says. Look at Luke chapter 13. Verse 22, then Jesus went through, through, look what he, it went through the towns and the villages. And then verse uh, 23, it says, someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, make every what? To enter through the what door? Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Then he says this, once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside doing what? And what? Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know who you or where who you are or where you come from. And then they'll say, but Lord, we ate and drank with you. I mean, I ushered on Easter Sunday at Grace Community Church. I helped out with the Easter egg hunt. I served in a blitz. I'm on my 10th chapter of Fight Club. And you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't what you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evil doers. We get this picture that the door will close on them at some point. It's this picture that this narrow gate and, and, and they're coming to it. And I get this picture in scripture that, that, that many will think, you know, after they pass, that somehow they'll come to this door. And then there's this picture, they try to get through it. And it's like, what's up, Jesus? And there's this picture that they're 
knocking. Jesus! Jesus, open the door. Jesus, look, I got my blue crew. I got my fight club band. Let me in. Jesus, my brother, my sister, my wife, my husband. Look at the family photo that Darcy Holsopel took. We're all in. Jesus, Jim Brown, without an E on Brown. I get this picture that they begin to realize they keep knocking and pleading, Lord, but we cast out demons in your name. But Lord, we served in Kid City. But Lord, I came to Grace Community every Sunday and I sat right up front. Depart from me. I never knew you. Jesus, you got to know me. Jesus, I've been around church my whole life. Jesus, I raised my hand at Christmas time, and I even got a sticker that says, born to the second power. I never knew you. But Jesus, come on. Jesus, one more chance. Depart from me. I never knew you. I get this picture that, 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 that only a few, they enter through the narrow gate, And once you trust in Christ, it's immediate. You're through the gate. It's a game changer. You no longer spend time living your life for you, storing up for retirement for you, just living it out for you, living in comfort. I get this picture that you daily, every day you wake up, you're trying to find the path. And it says few find it. And every day you're on this search for God's will. You're on this search and it's hard. It's difficult. You're interceding for others. You're inviting your neighbors over. You're being a hospitable. You're sharing your faith in the workplace. You, you are diligent using his resources to help the overlooked and underprivileged. You see, see you're moved by the Holy Spirit to do what other people are. In fact, you might even get criticized for being a radical Christian. It's this picture that when you come to Jesus, everything changes. It's not us just coming and worshiping at Grace Community and saying, oh, here I am, Jesus. Oh, I love. It's not us saying hallelujah and amen without moving our feet and using our hands and digging in up to our elbows for dirt and trusting in Christ and living as though this could be our very last day. That's the narrow path. So let me ask you a question. How many of you are living that way? How many of you are twice a month Christians? How many of you are Sunday Christians? How many of you, for the first time this week, opened up your Bible? Like, how can you find the way? You can't diligently find the narrow path if you're not looking to the instruction manual. Yeah, but I'm a Christian. Jesus says, many, many, many will claim, I'm a Christ follower. I trusted in Jesus. I sat in the third row for 15 years at Grace Community Church. Depart from me. I never knew you. But Jesus, Jesus. Luke chapter 13 gives us this picture that it requires great effort. I mean, look again at Luke 13. Look at verse 24. Jesus says, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. The word effort takes on this, this, this idea of there should be 
agony doing so. It's the Greek word agonosomy, which means it won't be easy. It's not like somehow we nonchalantly stroll or meander into the kingdom of God. It's not like, oh, I'll I'll follow Jesus today. Oh, man, Jesus, this is awesome. Like, oh, I'm walking with Jesus. It's Easter. It's Jesus. Let's walk with Jesus. Like, oh, no, it's, it's challenging. It's difficult. It might be there'll be nights and no one will understand you. There might be nights that you're the only one in the family that's pleading for the lost in the world. It might mean that you empty your savings account to rescue someone on the other side of the world. See, few do things like that. It's relentlessly repenting of our sin and abandoning our old ways. But it's hard. Because this is so much more enjoyable, isn't it? Man, it's where all my friends are at. Party at the Browns. Let's go where they're at. Let's, let's go where the Smiths are. Let's go where the Greens are. Let's go, let's, let's go, let's go where the, the Hankins are. Let's, let's go where, where, the, where the Greens are. Let's just go there. That's party. Let's, let's, that's more. I mean, come on, God, don't you want to enjoy this life? Come on. Then Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 7. Turn back there. Look what he said. It's a matter of life and death. Look what he says again in this passage. I mean, look at verse 21. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. Here he is again. Look what he says. Many, verse 22, will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. So what's plainly? It's him standing at the gate, this narrow gate, and us wanting to get in, looking us eyeball to eyeball and says, I don't know you. Sir, you can keep rattling off all that you want, and you can bring out all your certificates and all your awards. You can tell me all the dates. You might have a thousand dates, and you can show me all your accomplishments, but listen to me. I never knew you. Ma'am? You can tell me that you served in Kid City. Ma'am, you can tell me that you read your Bible. Ma'am, you can tell me your list. But listen, I never knew you. Depart from me. Off to destruction called hell. I get this picture that there are going to be millions and millions and millions of people standing here and in for the shock of their lives. Thinking that they are a child of God. So how do we walk the narrow path? How's that possible? Like, how do we trust in Christ? What does that look like? How do we walk through the narrow, get off the wide? How How do we daily walk this path? How, what does that look like? How could we ever do it by ourselves? It's hard, it's difficult. How do we bear the cross? How do we, we walk where most haven't walked? How can we know as best as we know that we're on that narrow path? How is it even possible? Like, who could even survive it? Jesus said this in John chapter four. Turn there, here's what he said. Here's how it's possible. Look at John chapter four. Look at verse 14. 
Jesus answered. John chapter four and verse 14, verse 13 says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. That's just tap water. But then he says this, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never, what? Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It's this picture that, that, that if you take the water that Jesus offers and you trust in him and you're relying totally on him, that there's this living water out there that leads to eternal life. Like if we trust in Jesus and this is the sustenance for our lives, it's not tap water, that somehow as, as we, we drink this, somehow as we have him living in us, Somehow it's possible because he's with us that every day that greater is he that's in us and he's in the world that we can overcome because Christ is working through us. It's eternal life. It's, it's everlasting water. It's water that will never run out. It's water that compels us. It's water that convicts us. It's the living God inside of us. And it's us every day trying to find, seek that narrow path. And the way we do it is every single day. We are all in for Jesus. Say, Jesus, it's all about you. It's not about me. You lead, I follow. So is that the way you live? Seriously, is it? Or are you just a casual Christian? Let me tell you something. Jesus said this because he believes it. Many. Many will be convinced you got it covered. See, here's what I know to be true. Once you come to Jesus, your life is radically changed and you live radically different. Like, you don't blend in with the world. Like, you don't sleep with your girlfriend. You don't sleep with your boyfriend. You don't have overnight encounters where you go away and sleep with each other before marriage. You don't cheat and you don't lie and, and, and on your taxes. You don't fudge reports. You spend time getting to know your neighbors instead of waving across the street. You are hungry for God's word because you realize it's sustenance. Like you can't go days without spending time in his word. Following Christ isn't just from Sunday to the next Sunday. It's a lifelong commitment. Jesus said, you'll know that you're a Christian by your fruit. That bad trees can't give good fruit. So how do you know? Someone else looks at your life and they say, there's something different about you. Like, you're not laughing at the dirty jokes at work. Like, that bothers you. You genuinely care for me, and I can tell. Like, your life with Christ has changed the way you live. There's got to be a, a radical transformation is what Jesus is saying. I never knew you. Those words are very convicting to me today. You see, I do not hold the keys to heaven. Jesus does. We can manage our sin and look like real fruit, yet only Jesus knows if there is a heartbeat of eternal life living inside of us. I didn't sleep good last night. I normally don't on these kind of days. Because here's what I know to be true. Some of you have convinced yourself that you're a Christ follower. And you can rattle off the list. 
And yet there's going to be a day when you're going to stand at this gate and Jesus is going to say to you, I never knew you. You see, if it's not all in for Christ, if it's not a daily journey of following this path, and you, if you spend, think you can spend, get saved and spend the rest of your life on this wide road and you are fooling yourself and the enemy has put blinders on your eyes and your faith is just head knowledge and not heart knowledge. Jesus said the way home is a narrow path, a narrow gate, and it begins with repentance and it involves sacrifice. Ask yourself this question. How are you sacrificing for Jesus? In my hand is a bottle of water which represents everlasting water. Behind me is a narrow path that only a few walk on. In front of me is a wide road that many travel on and leads to destruction called hell. Jesus said, the choice is yours. Hell, heaven, eternal life. Many will stand at the door and knock, yet it won't open. Yet here's what I know to be true. It's still open today. And Jesus is saying, surrender everything and repent of your sin and leave the path that you're on and walk a path that few travel. I'd like for you to do something for me. Just bow your heads and please don't leave the room right now. This is too important. This is life and death. So please don't get up. If you have things to do, just stay put. Lord, in this room and in the link and all across the world are people who have deceived themselves, who think they're Christ followers, that they're not sacrificing. And they spend the majority of their time on this wide road and they show up again on Sunday. And some have sat in seats for years here at Grace, not serving, not sharing their faith, not interceding in prayer. And what they have is they have a, what they think is a ticket, a get out of free ticket for hell. Oh Lord, I pray right now that you take the blinders off of their eyes. And Jesus, I pray that we wouldn't be the church that, that stands before you and hears these words. I never knew you. So what's that mean to us today? Here's what it means. Listen to me, Grace. Listen. This is a decision that you make. Now listen. It's not just raising your hand and saying, I'm in. It's, it's surrendering your will. It's saying, Lord, I'll take the hard path. Jesus, every day I get up, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be this, this intentional Christ follower who, who's willing to walk through trials, who and sickness and pain, trust you, who lives in such a way that the world looks at my life and says, there's something different about you. How can you do that? Where fruit hangs low from our tree. Oh, please hear me today. Don't get so 
oblivious to the Easter season and all the bells and whistles, that somehow you miss out on this truth. There's only one way to God. And Jesus said it best. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father except through me. Not Buddha, not good works, and not Muhammad. There aren't many roads to God. There's only one road, and it's a narrow one. So what have you been banking on, Grace? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible tells us that that we all fall short because of our sin. For all have sinned and fall short of God. That's why Jesus went to the cross. That's why we have Good Friday. Because someone had to die for our sins. And the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. We should die. But because he was resurrected on Easter Sunday, we have hope beyond the grave. That's why Jesus was resurrected, to offer us eternal life. And the Bible says this, it says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe that he was raised from the dead on Easter, we will be saved. But then Jesus said, okay, if you're truly saved, then then carry the cross. Walk the path, be willing to walk the path that I walked. And so today, Jesus is knocking at your heart and saying, the door is open. Will you trust me? Are you all in? See, here's where it gets difficult because some of you have been religious for a long time. Some of you have been religious in your serving. Some of you have been religious in your attending. Some of you have been religious in your lifestyle, but it's never went from your head to your heart. It's just, it's just religion. And some of you have convinced yourself and even your wife or your husband or your mom or your dad or your brother or sister that you're safe. And right now you have this chance. The gate is open. And and because of your pride, you're saying, I can't, I can't try. What will people say? Listen, it doesn't matter what people say. It matters what Jesus says. And he says, enter through the narrow gate. Bear the cross. Stay on the narrow road. And only a few will find it. Well, I know for me, because of the work on the cross and because of the grace that's been given to me, I know, I know, because of the truth of this word, that by God's grace, I'm one of the few. And it changes the way I live. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand quietly in the link in the main, eyes shut, heads bowed. This is where you make a decision. Now, this is where your pride wants to surface and say, I got it covered, I'm good. Listen, if you don't know, if your life doesn't match your commitment, then you must ask the question, has my life really been radically changed? by Christ please don't leave this room unless you know so if you want to trust in Christ and you're saying I'm getting off the wide road I'm willing Jesus forsake my family I'm willing Jesus to bear the cross I'm willing Jesus to look really stupid 
in my community for you. I am willing to every day seek and find that path. I'm in Jesus. And for the first time in my life, I trust in you alone. If that's you, would you just pray with me? Because I believe a prayer is a confession of something that's already happened in our hearts. Just pray, just quietly pray. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin. I trust in you and the work of the cross. I surrender my will, my rights, my plan, my future to you. I will follow you, Jesus. And I will walk that narrow path. Come hell or high water, I'm walking it. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul and for not closing the door on me. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If that was you today and you said, Pastor Jim, okay. Today was the day I went all in. Today was the day. Listen, I'm willing, Jesus. I'm walking the narrow path. I'm going to live differently. And I, and I trust it fully in your work on the cross. If that was you, you just trusted in Jesus Christ. Just do something. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Just, just hold your hand up. Say, today was the day. Today was the day. We have already had hundreds. Just, just raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Just, just hold up. Come on. Best decision you ever made. Just hold up. Hold up. High. Proud. Jesus, here I am. Now here I want to pray for you. Keep your hand up. Jesus, I pray for those that have just trusted in you. I pray that you empower them with courage and boldness. I pray that there'd be a light in a dark place. I pray, God, that you would use them in ways that they haven't even thought about yet. And I pray, God, that the fruit that they bear would win the world back to you. I pray for reconciliation. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for healing. I pray, God, that they would become the movers and shakers in our world. And because of their faith, many would run to you. Please, Jesus. In Jesus' name, you can put your hand down. Amen. If you made that decision today, we're about to sing a worship song. And we like to give you a gift. By the way, this water bottle doesn't save you, but it's a reminder. It's like... It's saying, on Easter 2016, I chose the narrow path. And you know why this is important? Because here's where it's really difficult. I want you to come. And if you're in the link, Pastor Dan's at the back of the auditorium. Just look for him. He's going to show you how to get over. If you're here in the main, this is where it gets really challenging. It's like, oh no, what will my wife say? What will my friend, what will Pastor Jim say? What will they say? They thought I was a Christian. I, I, know what they'll say? They'll say, praise the Lord. So I want you to come. And I want you to symbolically walk through the narrow gate and say, here I am, Jesus. I want living water. I will follow you. So as we sing the song, I just want you to come to my stage left. Now listen, I saw your hands. Just, just do it. Come and receive this and let's rejoice that today was the day you trusted in Jesus. Come as we sing. <laughs>